You're not having a game just when we take communion, I'm just saying. Also, you don't start with the wine, you start with the bread. But anyway. So Wayne has been coming to our church for about nine years now. Yeah, okay, fine. Let's finish laughing. I don't mind. That was good. <laughs> coming to our church for about, about nine years now. He also manages our coffee shop home ground. Yeah, that's Wayne, apparently. He's also from the, yeah, anyway, he's also from the movie Adam's Family. Um, so two things you'll, you'll discover about Wayne is the first one is that he's got a really solid character. That's one of the things I most appreciate about Wayne. And um, the second thing you'll learn, and you've already seen that, he's got a fantastic sense of humor. So Wayne, so just thank you so much for sharing what God has placed in your heart. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And I just want to challenge the rest of you just to prepare your hearts to receive um, what God is going to say through Wayne. So I want to pray for you tonight, if that's okay. Let's pray. See what I mean? Lord, I just want to, I just want to take some time and uh, thank you for Wayne, and uh, I just pray that you would use him tonight. I pray that you would speak through him, and I pray that as we hear his word, um, your word through him, that you would open up our spiritual ears to receive whatever it is you want to say to us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jacques. Wow, looking back at the baby picture, I can just think of one thing. I should have used more sunscreen. Okay. <laughs> Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. Hello, Westville Baptist Church. My name is Wayne, as you can see. I was born on 12th August 1974, not knowing what to expect of the world, and the world not knowing what to expect of me. I was brought up in an Anglican house where I was baptized as a baby with my parents choosing three godparents to help raise me in the ways of Christ and the church. Unfortunately, I only got to meet my godparents on three occasions in my entire life. And my parents didn't do a bang-up job either. So when I, and when I turned four, my parents got divorced and I got to stay with my mother. During this time with my mom, I was constantly belittled, made to feel worthless, and often heard stories of how I was a mistake because she was on the pill when I was conceived. Hearing these things frequently made me start believing that I was everything she said I was. When I turned 13, I was confirmed in the Anglican Church, which meant that I was now of age to take on the vows my parents and godparents made for me those many years ago. This process is sort of a ritual. As I had no idea who Christ was or how he was impacting my life. The only thing I knew about Christianity was from my family and the church I went to. And all I could see was a bunch of hypocrites. And that was not something I wanted to become. So I decided to forge my own path. I had become someone that lived by a simple philosophy, that Christ had died for my sins, and if I did not stop sinning, that poor man died for nothing. Yes, this was my philosophy. It was quite obvious that I was now going down a dark and narrow path where even angels feared to tread. I joined some unsavory characters and had done some unspeakable things. This had become my life, a worthless mistake 
of her life. Then as time went by, I met this girl, sitting right there as a woman today, Joanne Governor. And don't ask me why, but she saw more to me than I ever did. She, after five years of dating, we got married. And as most husbands would know, I became my wife's new Pinterest project. <laughs> and she'll tell you up to now that I'm still a work in progress. <laughs> I had made it clear to my wife before I got married that I did not want children, as I had no guide or role models for good parenting. And I did not want to let a mini-me loose on the world. After eight years of marriage, I felt that it was selfish of me not to have a child with this awesome woman who has such a ginormous heart for children. On a very rainy Friday afternoon at approximately 3 p.m. on the 19th of May, 2006, my daughter was not conceived. She was born. <laughs> I, had, I, I would never remember the date. <laughs> That's when she was born. I had never been so happy and petrified at the same time. My wife, as you can imagine, was in an element. And my only guidebook was, don't do what your mother did. Just do the opposite. Just do the opposite. Just do the opposite. And I thought everything was going swimmingly. We were occasional Christians. For those of you who don't know what that is, you would only find us in church at Christmas, Easter, funerals, and weddings. No other time. But I thought everything was going fine. I felt I was getting my wife to the dark side. And until the Easter of 2010, when our daughter turned my life around. She was watching a documentary on the crucifixion of Christ. She had called out to me with tears in her eyes, asking me, why did Jesus have to suffer so much? I realized that I could not tell her that he died so we could carry on sinning. Because at the back of my mind, I kind of knew that was the wrong answer. Plus the fact that my wife would probably beat me up for telling her that were huge contributions for me not doing so. So my wife, with her, wife, with her wisdom, decided that she needed to go to church. She did not want to growing up the way I did. So we started looking for a church in Westport. We tried, being Anglican, we tried the Anglican church. It didn't work because they didn't have a Sunday school. They just had a creche for children while the parents went to church. Also, we tried the Methodist church, so we were like working our way down. The Methodist church. And that also had a creche. So the reason we wanted to go to church was for my child to learn. So this was not working out. We skipped the Catholic church. You can ask my wife why. <laughs> That's a whole different walk. <laughs> And we landed at the Baptist church. So now we were, my, our fingers were busy working through the yellow pages for churches in Westville. And I said, if this doesn't fit, there's a church of Scientology somewhere around here that I found. <laughs> and I don't think she was really up to that. So we came to Westville Baptist Church, not knowing what to expect. Shine went to Sunday school, loved it. We came to church, and when I sat there, I had this warm feeling. I, I, I just can't explain what it was. It was really weird. And it, but it felt like I had come home. Unlike 
the house I was brought up in or the church I had gone to as a child. We met John Ben. Is he here tonight? Cool. Okay. <laughs> we met John Ben and straight off the bat, I let him know that I was here for my daughter and my daughter only. Nothing more. I was beyond reproach. To which he just smiled that goofy smile of his. You know the one when he thinks you're talking a whole lot of bulldust? Yep, that's one. As time went on, I started feeling this connection to Jesus that I never knew existed. It wasn't just on a Sunday as well. It was every day at home. I could feel it. We were saying grace before meals, having devotion before bedtime, saying prayers, listening to worship music, which is pretty strange when you're a metalhead. And everything seemed to be going good, but something was missing. Something just didn't fit, which brings me to my memory verse. Thank you, Rain. Many of us have seen paintings of Christ. I could never and still don't get the Last Supper. I mean, when we sit down at the dinner table, we sit around the table, not on one side, but that's another different story. The painting that I had always caught my eye was one by William Holman Hunt, which is called The Light of the World. It shows Christ standing at a door, which is overgrown by weeds and has no handle. No handle. Strange thing for a painter to miss out. Little did I know that the painting is based on scripture. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Nocha. Now, this is where it starts getting a bit deep. This will also be a good time to tell you that I am no theologian. It is just my interpretation. Even though I knew that Jesus was my savior, I always felt unworthy. I knew the things I had done, the mistakes I had made. For me, there was no coming back from that. For me, it was always a never-ending journey of me trying to walk that narrow path towards Jesus. Always stumbling, always falling, always straying, always feeling worthless. This verse changed all that for me. That door represented my heart, and those weeds represented my past. It was up to me to let him in, past those weeds, and through the door. Because that is not what he saw. He was not worried about my past. He just saw me for me, and he saw the future that he had planned for me. It was my choice to allow Jesus to take that journey with me, to hold my hand when I stumble, to pick me up when I fall, to lead me back when I stray, and never make me feel worthless, to never make me feel like a mistake. He was never going to, to barge in. It was always my choice to let him in, and mine alone. This journey was never about me walking towards him, but always about him walking with me as a friend, as an accountability partner. This is how his friendship is described in John 15, 13. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend, and that's the kind of friend I wanted. Since I have been walking with Jesus, I started leading a promised land. I still don't get the humor in that. Our family was baptized right there because we know what Jesus is doing in our lives, not because it was our time to be baptized. 
And now I work at this church. Who would have thought? <laughs> Whether I have a job tomorrow or not remains to be seen. But yeah, I'm here now. My favorite quote, as you would have seen, was by Mahatma Gandhi. I like your Christ, I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. You may be asking yourself why this quote. The reason is simple. This very quote represents what made me turn away from Christ. Now I live every day proving it wrong. Because Christ is in me. His light shines through me and my journey is just beginning. Because I know that he has a lot more in store for me. And I don't ever want him to stop. So church, this is me, Wayne. And God has used his word to make me feel like I belong to his family. How does his word make you feel? Awesome, Wayne Sheepers, what a blessing. Thank you so much for your obedience.